Welcome back to the Mobile Home Investing Lessons Podcast with your host, John Fedro. Tune in weekly, plus listen to past episodes designed to make you money, save you time, and give you confidence as an active mobile home investor. Now, here's your host, John Fedro. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Mobile Home Investing Lessons Podcast. I'm your host, John Fedro, and I'm here with my co-host today. Very excited to bring you Vince C. Uh, Vince, thank you so much for, for being here. Hey, John. How's it going? It's going great. It's going great. I'm finally glad that we were able to sit down and, and collaborate on a time to, uh, to record this because um, I know that you have a lot of great info um, you, 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 you haven't been a mobile home investor for very long, but the, the, uh, let me say the age does not mean anything. It's how busy that you are. Um, so you've only been investing now for, or in mobile homes for about a year or so? Um, yeah, I started, uh, uh, April, but I really got, uh, I really started like, um, working on it. Um, I'd say about September. So not even. Okay, so then, <laughs> all right, so definitely less than a year. Please um, tell everybody listening a little bit about yourself. Uh, you obviously weren't born into this life of mobile home investing. So what made you get started? What, what were you doing before? What are you still doing? Uh, please tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, basically tell everyone why they should listen. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, so, yeah, my, my name is Vince. Um, I'm actually a pharmacist by profession. And um, I got started in this business. I um, I was on bigger pockets. I was doing some research on investing, and um, what attracted me to this uh, this field was the uh, the low cost of entry, um, the low risk profile, and um, yeah, it, it, you can make some decent cash flow, some very decent cash flow from this business. So right on. Yeah, that's why. So you've been in September. How many deals do you currently have uh, un under your belt? Okay, so about seven. Okay. Um, I'm sitting on, on on two right now. So okay. perfect. It's tax time. That's a great place to be sitting on, or that's a perfect. And we should always sort of be sitting on at least one or two. I mean, actively purchasing one and then cleaning it up if we need to, reselling it, getting it running right, going to the next one, and so on and so forth. That's why I'm, I'm so glad that you're on this call because what we're going to be talking about today, uh, knowing where your buyers are coming from, what marketing is working, and how that shapes your business. Um, we don't want to run around with a chicken or like a chicken with our head cut off. We, we want to have clarity basically in everything that we're doing. Um, at least in my business, I mean, clarity for me is super important. Knowing what I'm going to be doing every day and having a you know a thought process behind everything, sort of a method to the to the madness. So knowing where your buys are coming from, um, and that's sort of how that's shaping uh, what you're doing. Uh, let's get started talk, talking about that. I think that that's so cool. Now, in your area, tell us a little bit about that. Where your buyers are coming from, how that shaped the marketing that you're doing, um, and then the calls that you're getting. Um, and we'll just we'll 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 chat about that. Got it. So in my area, um, so first of all, let me say uh, our the lot rent that I'm dealing with in in my area is about five eighty a month. Um, so it's on the higher end, okay. And um, I'm basically reselling the homes with a three hundred dollar cash flow, so about eight eighty a month. So when I when I do marketing, uh, when I set up my when I when I set set up my signs, and uh, when I do Craigslist marketing, 
when the calls come in, what I'm what I'm doing is that I'm asking the um, the buyers about their story. So I typically ask them, "Hey, listen, what did you hear about us?" Uh, if they if they say that, um, you know what, I saw a sign by the Walmart, I know for a fact, and I, and I hear that again and again and again. I know for a fact that I should be putting my signs out there. Okay, A. B. I ask them how much um, rent they're paying at the moment. So if they say something like, um, you know what, I'm paying about uh, $1,100 um, for a little townhome. I ask them the square footage and the area. So if they say something like, oh, yes, you know what, I'm, I'm paying about $1,100 for a three-bedroom, two-bath little townhome in Franklin Park, and it's so small, and the utilities are, um, are expensive. When I keep hearing that story, I know for a fact that there are going to be a lot more unsatisfied, unsatisfied buyers uh, who are not happy with the value proposition they're getting in that particular suburb. So I'll direct my guy to go put out more signs out there. Okay. So basically, it's, you, you want to you find the suburbs uh, around the area that people are not happy with uh, the living conditions, the value proposition, square footage, whatnot, and kind of almost target your signs um, for those particular areas. And also, and also, um, there are like we have like three commercial areas around those parks. Um, so yeah, I I always ask them which which area uh, did you find our signs in? Is it the, is it the one here? Is it the one there? So you kind of um, yeah. So I kind of know where where to put the signs out. And, you know, yeah. Okay. Now that's okay. So I got I got a bunch of follow up questions here. Now that's sort of like the chicken and the egg. Did you did you put out marketing everywhere to then hear from people and then ask them and then it condensed down to okay out of everything I'm doing, the only people that really want to move are you know this area and this area. Or did you just happen to um, sort of put your 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 marketing out? Um, and then you you were finding you you put it out in the areas, and then you're finding from those people that they don't like to be in that area. How did that come up? Okay, so yeah, that's a great question. So yeah, so for for this to work, uh, you have to put your signs everywhere, and uh, don't without discrimination, just put them everywhere. So that way, you you get a fair assessment of where the um where the calls coming from. If I, if I put my signs only in one spot, um. Obviously, the calls are only going to come from there. But um, uh, you know, if you know, like, so that's what I said. I, I basically went and put signs everywhere. And from from the calls that came in, I started like calling over and seeing where exactly um, most of the um, the buyers were coming from. Okay. Okay. So that that makes sense. And that so that is a good point because in the, whenever we're selling a mo a mobile home. Um, we want to attack the market. We, logically speaking, the, the, the folks listening right now to this, to this podcast, around you, a radius around you, 5 miles, 10 miles, 20 miles, logically speaking, there are sellers that are confused, that are scared, that are frustrated. They don't know why their home isn't selling. They thought it would sell for more. They don't know the next step. They're scared and confused, and they want the help of an investor. Now, on the other mm -hmm. side of that, there are buyers of course around you that want to 
purchase with monthly payments, with with the amount to move in, you know, a couple thousand dollars, basically equivalent to first, last, and security deposit, and then monthly mm-hmm. payments for the next five, six, seven years. So the, the point I'm making is there are these people around you all the time, buyers, low-risk buyers around you. So the folks listening mm-hmm. to our voice, we have to... A, a mobile home in a park, we pay lot rent, we pay holding costs sometimes, uh, there's marketing, we want to get it sold as quickly as possible. I mean, holding costs, we don't we don't want any time between when we purchase and when we sell. Now, typically, there's mm-hmm. a couple days or a week or two or three um, or, or more until we sell the home. However, it's so important, and Vince, you know, you know this as well, uh, but following mm-hmm. the system to just blitz your entire market. Now, again, whether you're following this system or something else, but just blitz your entire market and saturate that that you have a property for sale. Basically, everybody who is even considering the fact of living in a mobile home, they should see your message, be it in print, be it, be it online, be it on signs, which is what I know you were talking about, and we love those, when you're selling a home, to put those little bandit signs on the side of the road in the area of of the home and you can have your message on there and they'll stay up for a few a few days um, they work really really well and obviously that's I know what you you like to use in your in your area but the the, the fact of just blitzing have having ten having five or ten different methods to then attract potential tenant buyers or buyers to to you is just so important so I kinda wanted to, to touch on that because I know you were talking about, you know, signs, and there's definitely other ways, um, really, really good ways to get our message out there to people that are potentially looking to buy to buy our home. Because if you just have one one method, you know, finding homes or, or, or selling homes or finding tenants or finding buyers, you know, that's just one method. Um, we can be doing so much more. So just for the folks listening. Uh, this isn't sort of a half-assed approach, pardon my language. This is, you know, we're going to saturate the area so that any buyer looking will, we can get so much foot traffic through these homes that we can. Um, so I just kind of wanted to make a point on that, Vince. Um, and, and then in the beginning, you said that 880 is kind of your, your target, or we definitely shoot for a $300 minimum for, for cash flow. I was curious if that was for a three-bedroom or a two-bedroom. Uh, so those are all for three bedrooms. Okay. Now, do you do do you deal with any with any two bedrooms yet? I have one two bedroom. Yeah, and one two bedroom. But that, yeah, that one. Sorry, go ahead. Oh no! I was, well, I was going to ask you probably what you were going to say. Um, what's the cat the cash flow on that? So that's the one I still have. Um, okay. That one I've, I've actually reduced it to about um, two fifty. And actually, going forward, um, yeah, I won't be buying any two bedrooms in that area. Okay. In that particular area, I'm sorry. It, just in that partic- particular area, just just in, in just in that particular area, um, the numbers would not favor a, a two bedroom. So yeah, going forward. But I mean, this is something that you will only know um, after you've um, done deals, right? And you know, a yeah. two a two fifty cash flow isn't the. I mean, it's certainly not a reason to cry about so we would like for oh, you no 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 absolutely yeah absolutely not i got i got the home in a great deal um i paid 800 bucks for it so yeah <laughs> i'd say that you did that you did okay <laughs> yeah yeah sounds fine <laughs> so the two bedroom and two bedrooms are valuable uh one bedrooms they're for the folks listening um one bedrooms they just don't cash flow 
uh, two bedrooms, they are better. Uh, we like to invest in two bedrooms, three bedrooms, and four bedrooms. Obviously, four bedrooms will sell more monthly than a three bedroom, and a three bedroom will sell more monthly than a two a two bedroom. Um, so I'd like to add, actually, that how valuable we are. I mean, we're, we're able to sort of move the market. We're able to listen to what tenant buyers want. We're able to help tenant buyers, you know, purchase a home and then move from where they're renting right now uh, or what they currently own to go ahead and move over and lower their payment, uh, live a more affordable, comfortable lifestyle. So I just kind of want to add that uh, we investors are just so very important. Um, testing your market is so important as well kind of like what you said we're putting just a mass amount of marketing out there and then we're listening to people we're listening to what they want we listen to our our, our sellers of course when we're when we're purchasing a home and then when we're selling a home we're listening to our buyers listening to how much they can pay where they're coming from how much money they have uh, their income their job um, and also where they're coming from. And then you're using that to contour your current marketing so you're not wasting your time. You're finding out what is working and then you're continuing to do it. Uh, I know uh, some folks are gonna have questions, you know, what other types of marketing are you doing? You know, we've, we've, we've touched on signs, uh, which are very, you know, very uh, um, bang for your buck. Uh, they definitely, definitely make an impact. I mean, people driving through the area uh, that, that your home is in maybe five miles away, kind of a five-mile radius around there, hanging your, your sign, advertising your, your property for sale. Um, so signs, basic Craigslist, you know, that's simple as well. Networking, networking with the park manager, asking them if they know any buyers, networking with all the neighbors and everybody in that park to see if they know any buyers or if, if a family member wants to go ahead and purchase your property uh, on a sort of a payment plan. Um, so, excellent. I really, really like this talk. Um, because it, it makes us focus and think about when we're selling a home. Uh, you know, a lot of times we put a lot of focus on buying homes. And selling homes is just as important. Um, so streamline that process. Get a good low risk. Very, very important. Get a low, low risk tenant buyer in your home. So you're not having to worry about if payments are being made, if repairs are being made, um, if park rules are being followed. Um, so getting a low risk person in there is so crucial that's why just saturating the local area and having as much foot traffic you come coming through your home as possible uh, is what we want because we don't want to just take the first person's money we're not looking for the first person to, to buy our home we're looking for the right person so um, Vince thank you so much for being here please um, is there anything else that that you would like to add I know that you have a wealth of information um, well, just over the last few months that that that, that you've been investing. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, well, yeah. One thing I want to add: um, when it comes to tenants, uh, when it comes to tenant buyers, uh, the one thing you want to look at is, um, of course, you want to ask them how much they're paying right now. And if say somebody's paying a lot, say eleven, twelve hundred dollars, you and, and they have a good job and decent credit, you know for a fact that they're going to love this deal because it is so much below what they're paying right now. And the, the truth of the matter is um, there are a lot of people who overextend themselves and, um, you know, say they overextend themselves, they get an apartment in a not-so-nice part of town, and then after six months they realize that 
and they started looking for something else. So those people are also a, a great pool. That pool of tenants is also a great pool of buyers because they have, A, overextended themselves, not happy with the current situation. They're overpaying for what they're making right now, um, but they would be great tenant buyers. So, yeah. I'm glad that you brought up that point. That's something that, that we can clearly listen for. Um, whenever I have a potential tenant buyer and I'm talking, we're, we're, we're talking over the phone, the more logical that that tenant buyer is, the more, the more understanding that they are on a fixed income, that they, that they can only pay so much. Um, when, when, whenever a, a, a tenant buyer, a potential tenant buyer comes to you, Vince, or comes to me and says, you know, I, I, I know what I can do and I know what I can't do. You know, I don't, I can't do this. You know, I can, I love the home. I like the area. I really want this. I have to move, you know, what to, I have this amount to move in. But the monthly, uh, me and my, you know, me and my wife or me and my husband are just kind of going over that now to really make sure that we, that we can afford it. Um, or they tell me, listen, we can't afford the 950, but we can afford 900. That, I have so much respect for that because you know how much you make and you don't want to overextend yourself. And I, I agree with you. Most people in this world, they want to live flashy lifestyles. They want to keep up with the, with the, with the Joneses. Um, and it comes around, you can learn pretty quickly that that's uncomfortable, that's stressful, um, and that that's not a long-lasting situ situation. It'll eventually catch up to you. Um, so hearing that, hearing that logicalness and that almost that, not defeat, but that kind of rationalization of, you know what, no, I'm not getting into the same situation again. You know, Vince, you know, here's what I can do, and we love the home, um, but I can only pay this much per month. I have, I have mm -hmm. total respect for that. I actually respect that way more than somebody that, you know, says that they can do it. And I know that they can't. Um, in fact, I wouldn't put anybody in my home like that. So just great point, Vince, about that. I'm glad that we talked about that. Um, excellent. Yep. Thank you so much. Vince, do you mind if I... We, we, we talk now about... Um, we're talking sort of on the selling side now, which I really, really like. Most of these talks are, or these uh, episodes are talking about buying homes. But on the selling side, so, so important. Um, and I feel like you, you've got that down really well. You're knowing your market better and better um, every day. So can you stick around? I would love to do uh, another episode with you. Uh, we can continue talking about selling the homes. Would that be all right? Sure, absolutely. Excellent. Okay, cool. Thank you so much again for being here, Vince. I know that I've gotten a lot of information out of it myself, and the folks listening have as well. So thank you so much again for, for being here. Hey, thanks, John. The ideas and advice given in today's episode are for entertainment purposes only. If you have future ideas or questions for upcoming episodes, please email us at support at mobilehomeinvesting.net. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, the biggest compliment you can give is to like and share this podcast with your friends. 